the way things are heading, things are happening, man, I'm looking forward to His coming soon. Believing what God's Word says, recognizing that there's no way out. Things are not going to get better. Things are going to get worse. But my life in Jesus Christ is going to get better and better and better every day. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's lesson concludes our series in 2 Timothy, and we're glad you've joined us to think about its final exhortation to live for God without regrets. Raul will underscore the value of regular time in the Word, encouraging us to keep in mind that Jesus could come for His church any day, and we want to be ready for His return. If you have your Bible, join us in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Here's Raul Reese. It's interesting that Paul does not express no regrets as he came to the end of his life. No regrets. Lord, I love what you call me to do. I have no regrets. He starts out in verse 1. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here he's declaring to be faithful. To be faithful to who called you. To be faithful to the ministry God has given to you. This is the second time that he makes this charge to Timothy. Remember, he's talking to Timothy. Timothy, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. He reminds, look. This is a day of judgment coming. Be ready. In season and out of season. I thank God for Paul as he not only in verse 1 begins to deal in his last words here. That there's going to be a day of judgment. We have the actual judgment for the Christian, the Bema seat of Christ. Then you have the white throne judgment. And then when you study the scriptures, you have the judgment of the nations in chapter 25 of Matthew. He comes back at the second coming. He has a judgment of the nations before he starts a thousand year reign of Christ. And what's incredible is that when he speaks about the two judgments, the Bema seat of Christ, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10 and then of course 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 11 through 15. And Paul begins to declare, he says, you guys are going to, in Romans chapter 14, 10 too. But as you're sitting there and you're thinking what Paul is declaring, that one day we're going to be judged, not for our sins. If you're a real Christian, no longer for your sins. Get that out of your mind. Yes, we trip, yes, we fall, but if there's true repentance, God has forgiven you. He took your name and he wrote it in the book of life. That's why in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, 11 through 15, when he opens the books, remember there's a lineup, and he opens the books, and he says, whoever's name was not written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. 
The day you came to Christ, your name was written in the book of life. That's where our name is today, in the book of life. And for those people, they will sin at the white throne judgment. They're going to be judged in such a way that not one thing will escape the voice of God. Not one thing. Every thought, everything they ever did in sinning against God is written in a book and it's going to be mentioned. God is going to judge. And the sad thing about that is there's going to be people that we know that will never make it into the kingdom of God. And they'll stand before God and be cast into the lake of fire. And uh, what's really incredible about this, I was going back and studying, is that the lake of fire, remember I told you before as we studied, that the Antichrist gets thrown there, the false prophet gets thrown there, the devil gets thrown there, every demon gets thrown there, and hell itself gets thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is, is packed out with wicked people. So simple to get to heaven. So simple. Repent. Lord, forgive me for what I've done. Lord, I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, I ask. And the moment you do it sincerely, your name is written. The precious blood of Jesus Christ wipes out every one of your sins. And now you're white as snow. The Bible says, as white as snow, the Bible says. When people look at you, that's why when they look at you, they want to make sure that you've had a transformation because if you really haven't been transformed and been born again of the Holy Spirit, they're not going to see Christ in your life. And to me, the greatest story that I read in the book of Matthew is not only seeking first the kingdom of God, but the Garden of Gethsemane to me. It's on the way to the cross. When Jesus, the son of the living God, is in the Garden of Gethsemane. If you've been to Israel with us, you know what I'm talking about. That when you get to the Garden of Gethsemane, and you're sitting there where Jesus was crying out to the Father. Father, not my will, but your will be done. What was his will? His will was to go to the cross. If he would have never gone to the cross, we wouldn't be here tonight. We would have never been forgiven. But he went to the cross and took your pain. He took your sins upon himself to take those nails, to take those 39 stripes, to take that crown of thorns on his head, and to say, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, Father. That's why we're here tonight, because of the forgiveness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We already have been judged. Our sins have been judged. We stand in the presence of God as Christians, Christ-likeness. Every one of us here. We become like Christ the way we live. The way we speak. The way we think. And the way we do things in Christ Jesus. And Paul just blew me away in verse 1. I charge you therefore before God. The Lord Jesus Christ. 
who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. When is that? At the rapture of the church? Yes, but also at the second coming. The second coming of Jesus Christ. The judgment of the nations. There in Matthew 25. So for us tonight here, I'm charging you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who will judge us, the living and the dead, at his appearing in his kingdom. The kingdom of God. Verse 2. Preach the word. Not every one of us are preachers. But what he's doing here, he's given a command to pastors to preach the truth, to teach God's word. And the command that is given here is given to Timothy. And those that Timothy is going to train, they need to learn how to preach the word of God, how to prepare sermons to give to the people. But I like the second word that he uses, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Notice what he says here. This is a charge to the church. Ready here, he's suggesting the idea of an urgency. Preparedness, readiness in the kingdom of God. It's Christ speaks to our hearts in season, out of season. And look what he says. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. Incredible what he says here in his last words. Convince. Convince what? That Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Rebuke. Rebuking people that are trying to do things they shouldn't be doing. You rebuke them in the name of Christ. Exhorting, comforting people that are hurting. That's what we're called to do. Not just pastors. Every one of us individually. To comfort someone that is going through something in their lives. Christians that are not doing things they shouldn't do. Rebuking them in the name of Christ. Convincing Hear what he talks about. The word God does what all of these things, convincing, rebuking, exhorting, and all long suffering, which means a lot of patience we gotta have. I need more of that in my life. And then what? Teaching. Teaching what? The truth. The word of God. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Roll Reese. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 for resources to anchor your life in God's Word, including Rawls' book, Illuminating Key Biblical Doctrines. You can also email Rawl your Bible questions at pastorroll at somebodylovesyou.com. Now back to more of today's teaching. In verse 3, he says, For the time will come. When they will not endure sound doctrine. Here's the warning now. The last days today. For the time will come. Will they not endure sound doctrine. He says but according to their own desires. Because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers. Teachers that are false teachers. Here we also have the liberal seminaries. You go to a seminary that doesn't really believe that the word of God is God's word. And they believe there's mistakes in the word of God. They're liberals. 
He says, be careful with those people. He says, itching ears, they heap up for themselves teachers. They think they're teachers, but they're not teachers. They're false teachers. They don't teach the truth. Professing Christians, notice in the church, they follow their own desires and flock to preachers who off the wall, they offer salvation by works. No repentance that you're saved. There's no salvation apart from repentance. You have to repent in order to be saved. And it's not about Calvary Chapel or the Catholic Church or the Mormons, Jehovah Witness, Unitarian. It's not about that. It's about Christ. The Savior of the world. That's why he left heaven. He came down, born of a virgin woman. And then for 30 years, he grew up as a human being, 100% human, 100% God. And at the age of 30, he started his mission. And he came to the end of his mission after three years. He went to the cross. He resurrected. And that's why we're here. Because of who he is. Incarnate in the flesh. Never losing his deity. 100% human. 100% God. Never ever sinned. But was perfect. Complete. And here we are. Verse 4 he says. And they will turn their ears away from the truth. And be turned aside to fables. Reference to false doctrines. Opposing sound doctrine, fables. And there's a lot of false teaching going on in the world today. You have to read your Bible. You have to study God's word. And when people come to you like a Jehovah Witness or a Mormon, Unitarian, even a Catholic, make sure you know the word of God. If you want to know a doctrine, know the doctrine of salvation. Take them to John chapter 3. Jesus explains it perfectly to Nicodemus. You have to be born again of the Holy Spirit. 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believing in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man is in Christ Jesus, all things become brand new. All things pass away. Everything becomes brand new. By the Holy Spirit, we become what? Christians. Paul taught that. For they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned unto fables. And then he says in verse 5 through 8, But you be watchful in all things. Hey, pay attention. Be alert. He says, endure afflictions. Do the work of evangelists. Fulfill your ministry. Again, here he uses twice. Here, the word evangelist. In Acts 21, 8, and then Ephesians 4, 11, and here. And it's important that we understand that God has made every one of us evangelists. Billy Graham was an evangelist. He had the gift of evangelism. God gave me Greg Laurie and Mike McIntosh the gift of evangelism and also pastor teachers, which is so cool. I can evangelize and I can teach. Billy Graham was an evangelist, full power. That's why he went to so many nations and so many people came to know the Lord through his life. God chose him to be an evangelist for the whole world. He went to every nation. With kings, he met with everybody you could imagine. 
And yet here Paul says, But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, which means what? You witness to people. You try to win them to the Lord. You give people an opportunity to receive Christ. When you talk to them, I always do that. When I talk to them, I say, okay, hey, would you like to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior? And they'll say, well, what do you mean by that? Then I explain to them. John chapter 3. This is what Jesus said to Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a religious leader. Out of the 72, he was one of them. The Sanhedrin that ruled the city. And when he came, he came to the people. And what did he do? He went to Jesus individually, not in the day, at night, so nobody could see him. And they would not, the leaders would not know that he's going to Jesus because the leaders hate Jesus. And he says, Lord, what must I do to what? To be a Christian. He said, you must be born again of the Holy Spirit. And if you're here tonight and you haven't been born again through the Holy Spirit, you need to do that. You need to do that. So you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when you open your Bible and you read it, you'll understand it. Because the Holy Spirit will show you exactly what the Bible is saying. He's the greatest teacher of all teachers. That's why the Lord, in the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon 120. And from that point on, it went to thousands and millions of people. And what does he do? He convicts, he teaches. And that's what he's done even with us here tonight. As we're teaching the Word of God, you're sitting there with your Bible, something said through the Word of God, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit goes, boom, that's you. You need to get rid of that. That's the Holy Spirit. And he does it because he loves you. And when you get rid of that thing, man, the Holy Spirit is rejoicing. And now he can speak to you even more clear concerning God's word. And that's what Paul did. Verse 5. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. And then he says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. You guys... I'm leaving. I want you to know that. My time's up. Timothy, listen to me. You're taking over my life. What I've done for so many years, now you're going to take the gospel to the whole world. And Paul declares, he says, I am ready being poured out as a drink offering. He's in Rome. They're already beating him. He's in the bottom of a dungeon you can't even see. And he's saying, you guys, don't worry about me. I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. The drink offering. There was a final offering that followed the burnt offering and grain offering prescribed for the people of Israel. And Paul says, I'm being poured out. He says, and the time of my departure has come. It's at hand. Verse 7. I love it. I have fought the good fight. It's a battle being in the ministry. It's a battle being a Christian. It's a battle. You guys have a lot of battles in your own life. And you can say, I have fought the fight. It's a good fight. And then he says, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Fighting, racing, and keeping faith. Isn't that cool? He completes all. That he was called to do. 
all that he was called to do, he completes. And it's so awesome that Paul here is mentioning, he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, the truths and the standards that were revealed to me through the word of God. He says, I have kept the rules, I have not been disqualified. So many are disqualified. They don't finish the race. I know a lot of pastors that were disqualified because of pride, because of money, or because of women. Billy Graham said, those are the three things that will disqualify a pastor. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I've kept the faith. And one day, that will happen to each person individually. That you fought the fight big time against Satan, against people that don't like you. And then he says, I finished the race. It's been a race. In order to race, you got to train, you got to discipline yourself. And being in the ministry, you got to discipline your life. Things you can do, things you can do. Places you can go, places you can't go. And the more you get rid of, the more he can pour himself into you. The more he can use your life. And that's why Paul is so incredible in my life. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. And then he says, finally, he says, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. There is the crown of life, James 1.12. There is the crown of rejoices, 1 Thessalonians 2.19. There is the imperishable crown, 1 Corinthians 9.25. There is the crown of glory, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. There's these crowns that one day we're going to stand before the Lord. He's going to judge us and he's going to hand out crowns for witnessing, for winning people to the Lord, for shepherding. All these things that are given to us, look up the crowns, you'll blow your mind. And here Paul says, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. What day? The Bema seed of Christ. And not to me only, but also to everyone who has loved his appearing. He's coming. We have to love his coming, which will be very soon. The way things are heading, things are happening, man, I'm looking forward to his coming soon. Believing what God's word says, recognizing that there's no way out. Things are not going to get better. Things are going to get worse. But my life in Jesus Christ is going to get better and better and better every day. You say how? By reading the Bible, by praying, fellowshipping with people that are right on for the Lord, that are going to pray for me, I'm going to pray for them. We're going to exhort each other. We're going to lift each other up. We're not going to try to run over each other, put ourselves down. You put me down, I put you down. We don't want to do that. We want to love each other. We want to pray for each other. That's what we want to do. So that Christ can see that we truly are believers. We're truly Christians. 
And then one day we're going to be with each other forever and ever and ever and ever. That's what the Bible teaches. Today, as you reflect on Paul's call to live every day in readiness for Jesus' return, we encourage you to think about how you can fit more time for the Lord and His Word into your daily routine. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to get a copy of today's message from 2 Timothy chapter 4, just call us at 800-634-9165 and we'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. We'd also like to offer you Rawls' book titled Doctrines, A Simplified Roadmap of Biblical Truth, laying the groundwork for unshakable faith with insights into sin, salvation, the Trinity, and so much more. This resource will help you stand strong on the bedrock of Jesus Christ. You'll also learn how to identify false teachers that could lead you astray from the Lord. To order Rawls' book titled Doctrines, A Simplified Roadmap of Biblical Truth, Visit SomebodyLivesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your copy for $10 plus shipping and handling. Again, that's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Thank you for your partnership. Every gift to this ministry is tax-deductible and helps us keep God's Word on the air. Next time, we'll begin a new series exploring the spiritual legacies of some of the Bible's greatest faith heroes, and we hope you'll join us. This exciting study will inspire you to strengthen and deepen your own relationship with God, starting with a look at the Apostle Paul's prayer life. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.